And we're recording. Is this a show? Yes. This is the this show. We're live. By live, I mean recording. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we're live for the listeners, too. You can just pretend that. So last time we recorded, we were at Spec FM Studio. Yes. With uh, Brendan and Brian. And like half an hour later after we stopped recording we went we had a meetup right yeah that was so, crazy that was live that was that was, <laughs> that live. was very live was that a show so i want to thank everyone who came down and and hang up with um hang out with us yeah that was amazing like <laughs> turns out we didn't end up being just the two of us which is great <laughs> that's true uh, there was a possibility, uh, but it didn't happen. So mm-hmm. thanks everyone. That was great. I had a I had a blast. I had a great time, and hopefully we will do that again someday. Sometime, yeah, maybe. Yeah. This was the first annual layout meetup. So <laughs> hopefully, is it an annual thing now? I don't know. At, I was at not the informed. very least. <laughs> Next time we'll be in Montreal. I would I would love that. <laughs> I've never been. Just throwing out that out there. So or Portugal. Hey. That also counts. Sure. Why not? So that was fun. Uh, <laughs> it was also super fun and weird to like record in person. Um, yeah. Turns out you're a real human being, which uh, <laughs> was weird. Barely. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And we hang out and we went to um, had a hike, if you can call it that. We went to the Golden Gate Bridge and all. Mm-hmm. And... It was it was super fun. So uh, again, I hope we can do that sometime again soon. Yeah, no, Montreal. that was great. And one thing that the people don't know is that um, last week's episode had just been recorded after another yet unreleased episode uh, that we recorded there. Mm-hmm. So it was our second hour of recording. Um, so I don't know if you can tell <laughs> in the episode itself, uh, but uh, we all. Uh, had a lot that uh, we said on that day, so it was a long mm-hmm. recording session for us. It was. It was super uh, hot and sweaty here in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> we were like uh, four people in here for like three hours. Yeah, that was a while. That was that was something. So I am still here. I'm still in San Francisco. Uh, that's why I probably sound better uh, <laughs> because there's an actual studio and like good equipment. Um, <laughs> They actually are like professional uh, podcasters. Um, So I don't know, just to kind of follow up, like if uh, listeners, uh, maybe you didn't had a chance to to show up at our meetup and you are in town or something, I'm going to be here for uh, the next two weeks. So if you want to meet, grab coffee or something, uh, hit me up on the Twitter or something. Hmm. So this is Rafa's opportunity to give me FOMO. I'm like staring at Twitter. But please don't looking at Instagram. Yeah, don't mention don't mention Kevin. Like <laughs> it's best if he doesn't know about it. So you won't have that. Well, that's fine. I'm happy for all of you to be having fun without me. Okay. <laughs> I'll be sad and lonely here. <laughs> in, uh, cold Montreal. No, How, how's kidding. the weather there in Montreal? Is it like um It was hailing today. <laughs> Oh shit! Really? Yeah, that was crazy. But no, like other than that, the weather has been pretty okay lately. 
Um, so like summer coming up. Um, so having warmer and warmer days. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not too bad. It's not San Francisco weather. Like I didn't get another massive sunburn coming here, but, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it's all right. Yeah. I've seen worse. Cool. Is this a show? Yeah. Uh, two designers talk about the weather. All right. So should we talk about actual topics? We should talk about actual topics. All right. Um, so I, I would say first topic that we, we didn't even mention, I feel like last, last episode because, and I feel like I have to apologize in a way, or at least explain to our listeners that last episode uh, was a bit weird because like we mentioned, we were already recording for like two hours or something. Uh, when the layout portion started, <laughs> so I feel like we maybe we didn't explain exactly what was going on. We just got into it. Um, yeah, I was kind of like recording that, that, one long episode, and we kind of forgot halfway down mm-hmm. the middle that like, oh yeah, this is we're recording another episode here. <laughs> right, that's true. So some of the so we recorded design details. Uh, we're going to be. I'm not sure if this was the episode somewhere in the future. Um, the reason that Kevin was in town last week was um, this, this uh, is it a developers conference uh, for Shopify? Yeah, I mean, partners? technically we call it our partners conference because um, hmm. that includes uh, theme developers, uh, app developers, uh, just like agencies that work with Shopify and even some merchants. So it's kind hmm. of like a larger event than than just a developer conference but yeah it was basically the shopify conference um that we organize now every year this was the second year that we've done it uh it was held in san francisco this year was crazy we had we went from i think around like 200 attendees to a thousand so it was bigger better nicer um and yeah the whole thing was just like this amazing two days the reason I was there is because I was uh, launching one of the projects that I've been sort of uh, leading uh, along with a few other people, uh, which is Shopify Pay. Basically, Shopify Pay, if you haven't heard, um, it's this um, way for consumers to save their payment information when they're buying on Shopify stores, uh, and it allows them to uh, use it on any other stores on Shopify. And basically, the idea there is... Um, we were seeing that the different mobile like wallet options weren't getting used as much as uh, we hoped they would be. So we saw an opportunity to sort of bring something that was more integrated into our checkout and easier for people to opt into because they were already making purchases. And so, yeah, we built Shopify Pay. Um, it's honestly like the, the response to it has been amazing it's been really cool to see people be excited about it people giving us feedback and yeah i'm just really looking forward to rolling it out to 100 of all our merchants what's the uh what's the ratio now like you rolled out for what was the percentage i can't say (laughs) um but we have been doing some extensive testing to make sure it like helped boost conversion rate which was our initial assumption uh Mm-hmm. Turns out that it's true. Um, and <laughs> also like just working directly with a few merchants uh, to get their feedback on how the feature works, how can we make it better, um, and sort of have that one, one-on-one relationship before actually launching the feature. Um, so like what we're putting out, uh, it, we're really confident about it. 
we know it works. We've tried it with tons and tons of, of merchants and stores. Uh, and a lot of consumers have tried it already, uh, which is exciting. So, um, yeah, no, really happy about it. So one of the things that I kind of wanted to touch on today was uh, this idea of big releases. Because hmm. in my uh, time at Shopify, I haven't done any launches that were as big as this, uh, but I have done like a few, I would say like larger launches. I think there's like something interesting about them because at least for us at Shopify, like we don't always choose to release stuff that way. So I don't know. I was just kind of curious to hear what you think. Like, have you done any like large launches? Like I'll admit this for me was definitely the top. Like it was pretty intense to release something on stage live in front of like a thousand people. I didn't do the announcement. Someone else did. But even being in the audience, like seeing that happen, like that was just crazy. But even like kind of smaller launches where like you think about marketing and and just like how you're going to position the the things you're you're launching. It depends on the scale, right? So I don't think I've ever released anything like that at that scale, like like you just did. But so like I released, uh, I rolled out a new design system for our app, and that was like across every single user. So and. You know, like things change. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's huge. Complete new uh, design. So that was probably the biggest release in terms of like scope and reach. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And of course, like, uh, yeah, touching up like marketing and all that. When I released a break to say, for example, which was, you know, the reach was zero, <laughs> but it had some think thinking behind it, like some strategy, right? You, you do have a plan try to cover all bases like marketing or in Twitter and reach out to the press beforehand. Um, something that I didn't do now in Adelphi, but yeah, it, it was, so I, I would say not with the same reach as Shopify, uh, like, like you just did, but I, I would just, I would still consider it large scale. Yeah, for sure. And I don't think like the reach matter, matters that much. Like I think <laughs> with any launch, like I, I'm thinking of, okay, something that uh, you're going to work on like almost in not in secret but kind of like go off on your own work on something and then have that moment where you're announcing it to the world right mm -hmm. as opposed to um, what I tend to do with personal projects which is um, kind of work on things in the open and like share the process as we're going through it um, and, and like kind of share in progress um either like screenshots or like just parts of the the code or the project that people mm -hmm. can already try before the thing is kind of like quote unquote done um like what happened with Shopify pay was was very much like okay we're doing our entire process and then once we're like getting towards the end that's when we're we're announcing so yeah i think like one of the things that that's kind of interesting to me um is this idea of thinking a lot about marketing and how you're going to introduce something kind of influences the feature in a way. Because at, at least for us, like when we started thinking about kind of the rollout strategy, at first we were doing something that was a lot more like toned down and like very low key. But one of the things that we realized is that we kind of needed to um, explain a lot of the rationale behind why we're doing this 
this this project why it would be beneficial for merchants but we also wanted to kind of have something out there so that the consumers can sort of learn about it and know about it because it's it's one of the first times for us at least at Shopify where we sort of come out from the shadows like we tend to be very much behind the scenes and we mm-hmm. like the goal with this is certainly not to sort of be the 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 one brand that consumers interact with but it's kind of one of the first areas where like we still want to like prop up the merchant and and have them own the consumers but we also have to say hey like you know what if you buy anything on a Shopify store then you can make this experience better and so what might happen now is that consumers might start thinking about Shopify right and they might start either google about it or like trying to get more information on it And so part of thinking about this this release was also thinking about okay how do we talk about this feature to to users and to consumers like w- do we make any differences between uh what we say to merchant versus what we say to an end consumer like how do we have enough documentation for someone to look up shopify and look see, check out shopify pay uh, and have trust that like we are a um a like trustworthy business that um they should trust with their information um so all of that thinking kind of for, at least for us um because I wasn't used to like really thinking about the kind of um like large scale rollout strategy um sort of happened um because we had this um this big milestone that was coming up which was unite Um so for me it was interesting to look at that and see oh wow like this is actually so much more than just about like how you're releasing something and like are we doing a blog post or are we doing like a home card or are we doing an email uh it was a lot more about okay how are we going to be talking about this and how are we going to be introducing it this thing to the world in a way that they can like understand it and they can see where we're going with it So I thought that was like kind of super interesting for me and I think in the next projects I work on this is certainly something that I will try to think about from the very beginning and I don't know if that's something that like is obvious to everybody <laughs> or and I'm just kind of like late to the party uh, on these things but I think at least for for our team it was really beneficial to work clo- more closely with the marketing Uh, the marketing team and obviously like we're a bigger type of company in a smaller smaller startup it might just be like you working closer with the CEO or something right but i think it's interesting to not only think about the actual product like is this something that is nice to use but also thinking about okay how are people going to get discover about this how they're going to learn about it and that kind of stuff and i think that just made the whole product better um So yeah, that was that was I, super good takeaway I think for me. I would also add um that you need to communicate what you're doing internally. So for yes. example, if I am building a, I'm working on a new feature, I do have for example, and this might not apply to every type of product, but uh, I do have to write documentation about it, right? I do have to update screenshots probably in documentation. I do have to communicate and let our uh support team To be aware of it because they so they can help customers and users um 
like afterwards so support needs to be ready documentation like i said needs to be ready um communication like like you said like marketing they need to be ready so maybe we need to update our website as well um we need to let uh the communications department know about it so they can tweet about it, like s small stuff and obvious stuff but just there's so many times where it, it, this stuff gets overlooked and Like you are ready to ship, and then like, oh crap! Wait, we still have a lot of stuff to do. Uh, yeah, we, we can't just like flip the switch and and put this out there. Uh, so all of this varies a lot, like depending on the size of your team, um, of course, the type of products um, that that you're that you're building. But it's to be honest, it's, it's something that I I completely I was not aware. It's not that I didn't know. Like, if, if you were to ask me, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But I was not aware while I was building this uh, before joining Netlify and, and working with a like a rather larger product type of company. So it, it's 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 very interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah, and I think you you brought up a really good point about, like, when you're launching something, you need to tell the public about it, but you also need to tell your team like and the, the whole company about what you're doing. And that's... Unless you're Apple. Well, yeah, I guess. But even I, f I feel like even once they launch it, they also need to tell, for example, like people in the Apple store about it. And sometimes they don't, mm. which lead to like funny <laughs> things that happen. I've already been in an Apple store where like I know more about the products than oh, yeah. the people there do because they they like, just got like them. support. I remember like when I bought my my iPad Mini. It was the iPad Mini four, I think, um, and the cover is slightly different than the other one. Uh, and while I was going to buy my new smart cover, I saw like a. Um, customer that was asking them uh if it was the same and they're like oh yeah i think they're the same and i'm like no they're not <laughs> um like i was like oh thanks like we had no idea <laughs> they just like put the products in the store and like they're not telling us anything so so yeah like i think that's something that's really important to do one thing that we we uh at shopify uh, have done with our project was do a lot of uh of talks we do this thing called town hall every week where basically it's uh one hour where people can present the stuff that they're working on there's like amas and stuff like that so we show and tell almost sorry Like a show and tell? Yeah, almost. yeah, kind of. Um, and the format basically rotates every week. Uh, but we were trying to be really present in those kinds of things and really overshare the stuff that we were working on, almost to the point where for you as a team, it's like, hey, like, <laughs> it feels like we're we're showing off a lot. And it feels like we're always talking about the things that we've done. And it, it's kind of counterintuitive when you're part of the team because you know everything that happens but when you're working in a large-ish company like shopify like it's it's kind of crazy to think about that but there's a lot of people who joined the company since we've started this project even mm -hmm. right like and even like between the different presentations that we do like there's a bunch of people who joined and there's a bunch of people who weren't there and people who don't have the full context so being kind of that advocate for your projects and the things you're working on when you're either visiting new offices you're kind of speaking to the rest of the company is i think very important and that can be just about anyone right just like anyone on the team being able to like speak to the different decisions that you made, like where we're going, what 
what the plan is. So yeah, it's funny that you say that because actually just this week I was having a, I was doing kind of like like show and tell just to explain like the future of our UI and our app and product and what we're gonna do and what's the plan, and I keep saying like the new UI, new UI, but <laughs> I realized that. There were already a lot of people in the room that had never seen the old UI. So <laughs> right. Keep saying like the new UI. We're like, what? <laughs> like this is the current. That's the, awesome. The <laughs> UI. <laughs> yeah. So like part of that presentation was me digging through some old screenshots to show them, hey, look, this is actually how it used to look. Um, right. So right. That that was that was the goal. So it was, <laughs> it's funny, you know, keep things in perspective. Yeah, we do We do a similar thing uh, in the onboarding process. So when someone joins the purchase experience area, uh, I have this presentation that is basically like, here's the, the history of purchase experience. And I feel really old, uh, <laughs> but I kind of show like the different products that we've done, different iterations and stuff like that. So it's, it's neat to be able to go back in time and see how, how far you've gone. And even, even just to, you know, for them to know, like know where we're coming from and what just like so don't propose like hey what about this you know we had that a couple months ago uh (laughs) just just be aware yeah just totally know about the product and the story because in order for you to think about the future you have to be aware of the past right yeah that's the thing yeah (laughs) definitely and even like thinking about the past i i I feel like it allows you to celebrate and and sort of just stop for a minute and be like hey, we did that. (laughs) And I think that's something that we don't tend to do a lot. Like, I feel like we're always thinking six months ahead to like what the Mm -hmm. next thing is going to be and the next mountain Mm -hmm. we want to climb. But it's also good to take that moment and like really appreciate it and embrace the fact that, hey, like we did a thing like that was a good thing. (laughs) And so like hang out with the team, like go out for dinner, have fun together. And it's important to have those moments where you're not always just like producing the work, but also like you're able to evaluate the work that you've done and hopefully celebrate if if you've done a good job. <laughs> well, speaking of celebrate, uh, celebrating, um, so after you after you, you release something, a big release, um, I it's funny I seen that you put this on the show notes, but, and so you you're just going through this. You are. In the process, like you just released something, and by just I mean like a week ago, but it's still it's still new, it's still recent. Yeah. Um, how how do you take it? How do you feel about it? And what do you do about it? And this is this is interesting to me because when I did release this latest effort, uh, you want to call it this big milestone, uh, it's something I was working on for. Uh, let's say like four to six months, a long time, uh, put a lot of time and energy into it. And then I release it and it took me like three hours to go through like what people were saying and saying, yeah, good job. And then, all right, back to where we were. What's next? What's still have a lot of work to do. So let's go back. Right. So I feel like I never got to actual like celebration, like, you know, right. Something that I, that I'd set the time for, or like, <laughs> yeah, it lasted like an hour. Yay, this is great. All right, what's next? You know, how, yeah. how do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I I don't think we're really good at this yet, uh, but at least we're aware <laughs> that this is a problem that we need to get better at. Um, I think like um, the analogy um, 
I think it was our, our CEO who came up with it, but um, the analogy is that like if like Shopify was a parent, they'd have their, their kids come back from school and look at their grades. And it's like 98% in your, in your exam would be like, what happened with the 2%? Like <laughs> basically looking at like what's missing and like how we can make it better, even though it's already like really awesome. So, but we have taken a few steps to try to get better at it. So the first one is kind of establishing uh, a tradition. And I don't think that's from in every office, like every office kind of does these things differently. But at least in the Montreal office, what we do is we always uh, pop a bottle of champagne whenever there's a launch. So whenever someone launches something, they, they're going to go on stage in our la- lounge, tell us about it, pop the champagne, the entire team has a drink. And then the the team can gets to sign like the um, how do you call it like the cork, yeah, yeah. Um, so the the entire team signs it, and then we have this uh, a big like box where we all like put them, and so like <laughs> we're basically like building up a pile of just launches, uh, which is pretty cool. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, uh, but on top of that, like the different teams like are it's like up to them to do whatever they want but like we've done small things for for shopify pay like we we made stickers for everyone like about the, cool. the project like that's just like a fun little thing that's like hey yeah like we made this like now it's sticker official <laughs> we're also like <laughs> going out for a dinner or something or spend an afternoon like go do an activity like the entire team together um I think that's a good way to sort of celebrate and kind of take a step back from the work before jumping back in. And yeah, I don't know. I think it just helps like the team bond together and and sort of appreciate all the hard work that they do because everyone works so hard in these launches. And a Mm -hmm. thing that tends to happen, even though like we, we don't want it to happen, but what always ends up happening is that in the last few weeks, like right before a, a launch, everyone's like working, like it's all hands on deck. Like everyone's working super hard. Like people sometimes have to, or like decide to work longer hours. So we kind of want to like recognize that and like thank people for like going through that launch. And so, yeah, I think it's it's just like nice little things to, to do like that. I uh, think that's like, actually something that we have to get better at as a, industry yeah for um, sure which is just like celebrating the good things not just celebrating but also like recognizing um i feel like because it's expected of you to be great and and like do good job um when you're doing a good job people don't say anything because that's what it's supposed to yeah, it's like happen. well, like, that's that's why we hired you. Like, yeah, you're you know you're right. you're, you're good, right? Like, <laughs> but the problem is you don't like <laughs> exactly. I feel like there there has to be a good balance because if if the only time people get back to you is when stuff is bad, wrong, the stuff is not good, that gets a toll on you. Yeah. And I feel like that as an industry we could get better. Just I do this a lot, like just randomly on Slack on general. I just say, hey. um, I want to say that, you know, someone, someone is awesome because we just did this and she was great. Stuff like that. Just yeah, like that's great. Trying to celebrate the good things, not just 
pointing out the bad stuff. And I think if anything, like designers are even worse about this. <laughs> I think we all have yeah. that sort of perception or like I, maybe it's just kind of the way that we normally are, but we tend to look at the stuff that's broken mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time. Mm-hmm. Like this should be better. This should be better. Um, so it's it's hard, but it's good to kind of take a step back and appreciate the stuff that went well. But beyond celebration, I think one thing that's probably more important than celebrating is listening, listening to your users, right? And that was basically like one of my main roles um, at Unite was to walk around, answer people's questions and get their feedbacks, see what they thought of the new feature, how it could be improved, that kind of stuff. And that was super valuable, right? Like it's... We've done a ton of user research and like analyzing data and stuff like that, but there's nothing that beats like talking to like basically a hundred people about the thing you just launched and get a hundred different opinions. That was just like this amazing like two days for me, like just doing that and and hearing from people directly, and like it's it. There's something about it that's better than reading comments on Twitter or something like that, uh, which obviously I know I'm privileged to have that because I, I never worked at a company that had a, its own conference before, like, which like mm-hmm. that's kind of ridiculous to me. I was but, just about to say that. like I never walked around customers and asked questions. That <laughs> yeah, so it's like, uh, this is not advice or anything because I don't, I don't <laughs> think it's like realistic to think that anyone would be able to do that. But like normally, obviously, like you do try to look at the different channels for that. Like if you have a forum, if you have like look at Twitter, look at like the email, the support requests that you get and everything. But this time it was really interesting to get to hear it from people directly. And it kind of adds this human feeling to it where it's like it's not just someone bashing out feedback (laughs) on a forum it's real people with like real issues and businesses and and things that they're thinking about giving you feedback to another human whose sole purpose is to make the the product that they use better like that's kind of an interesting relationship to me and i think that allows you to often get better feedback and kind of have that back and forth that you don't usually get when you're just online like it tends to be very like one way either like from shopify to the user or for for the from the user to shopify where this was a lot more like kind of this discussion that we were having so but yeah i think overall like just listening to user feedback is one of the best things you can do uh no matter how much research you do you'll never match like your entire customer base you can try to get as close to it as possible but there's just it's something just like about a real tangible thing yeah it's like you know it's not oh people who use websites 20 percent using mobile uh, no <laughs> it's, it's your product this is your this is the reason you're doing this for these people yeah and exactly just hear directly from them I, I i think i mentioned this on the show pretty sure so and i'm just gonna go very fast uh what, what we do is I stalk Intercom a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I, I made it, I put the app front and center on my phone. So when I have like a downtime, I just go through Intercom, see what people are saying. Uh, and also, um, Chris, uh, he works, he's um, um, head of support uh, at Netlify. He, 
he is very good at intercom like he's an intercom ninja and he tags every single person in conversations with the appropriate thing so for example like once a week or uh, every other week we have this meeting where he goes through every single type of feedback or or you know just people praising sometimes your work or people like hey i, I think this person didn't find about this feature because maybe there was some visibility problems or something like that so we just go right like have one meeting everyone every other week and just go through every single um feedback on intercom or email or whatever uh, that people people send in so that's that's pretty good it's 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 one way to get that data and not have to be on intercom or on support like email or whatever every single day so if you can have that person if you can have your chris uh <laughs> it's very valuable yeah i mean i think everyone has their their chris uh <laughs> whomever that person may be <laughs> on your team but if and the thing is if you're not including them in things like your design sprints and your feedback and review sessions i think you're doing it wrong like these people are just absolutely amazing they have so much insight as to what your users are are, are going through and like the the pain points they're dealing with that they have this like amazing type of feedback because they've just seen so many of uh, so many people and answered so many requests that's just so important to include them into those things and usually and i don't know why it's it's done this way but like in uh, i see a lot of companies where like the support department is almost separate from like the rest of the company and i think mm. that's like absolutely tragic like <laughs> it's a yep. terrible decision so yeah i mean even if you don't have to like just go and talk to them and bring them in and listen to their feedback and get their opinion on stuff because they are going to be right like <laughs> they just just are going to be right uh, and they might not describe themselves as designers and we might not even call them designers <laughs> don't want to get into that debate but i think they do have a lot of that kind of empathy and a lot of that understanding of what works and what doesn't and like mm -hmm. they're just gonna help you out so much so i guess to go full circle uh <laughs> we talked about prepping a launch and launching stuff and then celebrating and what do you do after let's close it with, with what are you gonna do like a little bit after <laughs> so like <laughs> let's say like three six months in a year uh like the future which you know, usually when you launch something, you know, or you've been working on the next thing for a while now. And how do you, because you can't tell, you can't say to your customers, to people, what you're working on. And at least this happens to me, like a lot of the feedback, most of the times you are either aware or you, you already have a fix, like internally, right? <laughs> but yep. you can't say that, really. You can't say, that, oh, don't worry. Yeah, it is going to be a lot better. So how do you balance this of having something out the door, which is the, the, the moment it comes out and is launched to the public is already super outdated? <laughs> yeah, that's super tricky. It's And it's frustrating because you're like dying to tell them inside, <laughs> but you yeah. just can't. So, yeah, I'm not sure how I deal with that. Personally, I tend to try to separate it and like be very understanding and be like, yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah, I know that's not great yet. 
and kind of just like have my blanket statement is like yeah like we're always working on improvements like we want to try to make this better obviously i don't have anything to announce yet but like there will be updates to this sometimes in the future so that way you're kind of like not committing to anything uh but you're also letting them know that like you're listening to their feedback and that's you're taking it to heart and and that it's worth their time to give you that feedback um because you're not just Mm -hmm. like like shutting your ears and like not paying attention and not listening to to what they're saying right like you're actually trying to understand their their problems uh to see if you can fix them and sometimes it's just like yeah like you can like you're announcing something and like ah oh, this is kind of lame like because i know what's gonna come so i found that what helps me at least go through that and like talk a lot about it internally <laughs> like find people <laughs> like on your team who might not like necessarily work on the same projects that, uh, the same project as you're working on but, like go and like tell them about like the cool stuff that's coming because <laughs> um, you can tell them about it and so it helps like get it out of your system it's true yeah yeah i have nothing much to add <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> tricky uh you're just trying to well just you know just just push through it just like um have to deal with it it's whatever yeah. you can't say it's stuff like, you can spoil anything but you yeah <laughs> yeah because i've been on the other side which is um mm-hmm. sharing too much and that's not fun <laughs> oh really T- yeah. tell us a bit about that yeah i mean i don't think i've ever done that at shopify directly but i remember a few times where i, I was just like yep yeah, like we're we're gonna fix that like we're adding that feature and then you sort of start working on it and it either it takes more time than you think it it would uh it needed to to take or like Mm -hmm. you do a bunch of work and you realize ah you know what like this is not a really good solution to that problem kind of like well yeah and now we basically need to rebuild our entire infrastructure to like make the proper solution work <laughs> and all your users are super mad because like you told them that you would release a thing uh really soon um because in in your mind it was like basically done um but it's not done until it's out um interesting so so uh. yeah it's it's hard to like hold back and not share the stuff that you're working on but mm-hmm. honestly like it's it's not worth being on the other end uh where you're like over promising for stuff and then people are waiting for it and they're angry because like you told them something and like it lowers their trust in you uh mm-hmm. and it kind of puts a lot of pressure on you too to like deliver on that thing and it might like either not produce good results or like have this unhealthy kind of thing going on because like you told something to a user but then maybe not everyone agrees with you on the team about that so it's it's all better to like think and plan those things internally and only share with the world once you're done. Unless obviously you're working on something that's like open source or like really open right, to right, like right. quick iteration. Um, and there's also uh, like competitors. That's also something that yeah. you have to keep in mind. You can't just like spill your secrets. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I do a lot is like if someone on intercom, like a, a customer, a user, chimes in saying, hey, I think this could be better or this is not working. First, I try to engage, not just saying, oh, thanks, so we will uh, take your feedback into account and uh, mm-hmm. consideration. I just say like... We update Facebook every two weeks. 
<laughs> like I'm, I'm just like that's interesting. Uh, like, why do you think that way? Like, interesting. How would you solve that? Or just like try to yeah. make them a part of the conversation and the solution? And usually, I just end up saying either like, oh, I, I'm exploring some solutions on this or some fixes, or like we're gonna try to address that very soon. And then I say like, would you like to, or would you be okay for me to reach? back to you when when i have something to show you or like put you in the beta program or something like that so that's just awesome like because people feel like they're part of it and they are actively like they're helping shape the product right yeah that's so uh, true so that i feel like that's so positive and and you also you get good feedback if someone is engaged and they are actively trying to figure this out as well it's always good like you have more input have more data have more brains working on this so i i that's advice like i i think try to do that because um, it's been working great yeah definitely good advice so yeah i think the last thing that i want to talk about is sort of okay you've gotten the feedback you've heard from a million people about your your launch and everything now what <laughs> And one of the things that I found happens very often, and I think we're guilty of this at Shopify sometimes, uh, is like everyone gets really excited about a launch. Everyone works super hard about a launch. And then we launch a thing. And then it's like not clear <laughs> what's happening. Like we're all very aligned on like what we need to launch. But then we're kind of in like this, what we call the tweak phase, mm -hmm. but it's, it's kind of nebulous. Like what needs to be done in the tweak phase? Like, do we address every single piece of feedback that we get? Do we address just f some of the things? Do we just like, is, does that mean we just need to then like release it to a hundred percent? Like, cause we tend to do these stage rollouts uh, at Shopify, but like, I find that we tend to lose momentum a lot right after a launch. And when you say momentum is like the speed that the team is moving, is it just like a mood, overall mood and, and excitement? Yeah, kind of like that velocity, right? Like that things mm -hmm. are, are like moving fast, people are motivated, people are excited. Like kind of that's what I view as the momentum that, we're, that we built up. And then it seems like everything goes towards the launch and then after the launch everyone is kind of like, like everyone had their high of like hey like we're releasing a thing and then like people that's obviously understandable but like nobody wants to do like the the bug the bug fixes that like yeah <laughs> we need to do and things like that right that are like not as exciting as releasing a new thing so yeah i think like one of the lessons that i got was really start that planning phase really early on and and try to give yourself some achievable goals for that tweak phase like that period after you've just released something when you're like okay like there's a bunch of stuff that we know like need to change or evolve or that we knew we wanted to do but weren't required for like the first kind of announcement or like the initial release and really set those very clear goals of like okay here's one thing that we want to achieve like we want to 
I don't know, could be anything, right? We want to allow people to do X or like we want to give better support to these kinds of users or something like that. I'm trying to like stay mm-hmm. um, kind of intentionally vague because I obviously mm-hmm. like I'm right now I'm thinking a lot about the things that we're doing on my project, but obviously can't share those. But I think having like getting everyone back on the same page is a really important thing to do right after you launch something because after you launch that's where like people's like minds kind of drift off and like nobody like agrees on where you're going from there so kind of getting back to that like one kind of like singular vision like having everyone on board and going in the same direction is is really important well i'll tell you what just to balance things out i can't wait to get to, to be on like this period of just like tweaking and bug fixing <laughs> i would love that yeah because every damn sprint is like okay all right this is a crucial feature for the future of the product and the company and like okay we need to ship this next and i just i would love to spend some time tweaking and polishing what is already there and good ish right you know <laughs> well but the thing is like you never you never like ship everything basically like it's like when we started the project like we had very ambitious goals of like a bunch of things really awesome things that we could do but like i i find that you often end up building kind of like the base building the trunk basically of of the the feature you want to build and then you have to like figure out like the the trees and the leaves and the things like that that like happen after kind of thing like that's or like if you you can also see it as like lego blocks like you're building the structure but then it's like missing a bunch of other cool things that you had in mm-hmm. mind um so it like never really feels like oh like we're just like we're just polishing like we're just like moving th- things around slightly but like not really doing anything like we always are doing new things but it's just to kind of know and be very opinionated about what we're going to do um because oftentimes like you hear so many you hear so much feedback from everyone right and you could do everything but the truth is you're probably not going to do everything so what things are you going to do like you need to be kind of saying to say no to certain things even though like they're Mm -hmm. a good it's a good suggestion it makes sense for that merchant or that user or something but it might not fit with like where you want to take the feature that's kind of what i meant like less so like oh like we have nothing specific in mind well what what i was trying to say with that is like if you're in a situation that oh i would love to be working on a very exciting new feature what i'm trying to say is just appreciate that right like that that calm before the storm you know that that period because it's it has its good things going for it you know yeah like they're, they're valuable they're important yeah for sure and i think that's one of the cool things about being in a product company is that you get to do that like you get to stick for sure with your your product and your ideas till the very end and even beyond that so you kind of get to like fix a few of the things that are bothering you or like improve things beyond the initial scope of the project, which is awesome. For sure. Cool. All right. Before we go, should we, should, should we go, should we give some recommendations this week? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Guess what? I do have a recommendation ready. Nice. Locked and loaded. I'm looking at the show week. notes and I'm you very are. jealous. 
Okay, so my recommendation this week is a Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is a video game. <laughs> like if you, if you don't if you do not know what Mario Kart is, is that how you're going to describe it? It's a video game. It's <laughs> the video game. It's the only video game I care about. <laughs> really? The only one. <laughs> I don't care about anything else. All I care about is Mario Kart. So, yeah, uh, Mario Kart 8 uh, came out for the Switch. It's the same Mario Kart like, so it's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. The mm-hmm. Deluxe is like, it's now on the Switch. Because, <laughs> uh, because it's basically the same game that came out uh, last year for the Wii U. I think it was last year. But I never owned a Wii U. So for me, right. this is exciting. This is a, like this is my Mario Kart now. <laughs> and because it's on the Switch, like it's funny because you can just use two Joy-Con. So in one Switch, you can play like two uh, oh really? Two people multiplayer. Yeah. So like, each half, each Joy-Con, <laughs> half of the controller <laughs> basically. It, right. It, it works as one controller. So, also if you have a bunch of friends that also have a Wii U, you can play multiplayer like local multiplayer each on their own Switch. I've been saying oh, Wii U. Oh sweet. That's honestly that's the best multiplayer experience in my mm-hmm. opinion for Mario Kart. So if, for example, you could if you have four Switches. You could have an eight-player multiplayer game. Wow. Two on each one. And here I was with my Switch in San Francisco, which is the capital of technology (laughs) and innovation. And I haven't found anyone who has a Switch. Like, what the hell? (laughs) Here I am with my Mario Kart ready to play some sweet multiplayer. And people don't have Switches (laughs) because it's a mess. You can't buy one. Why didn't you bring them Switches? I don't get it. (sighs) <laughs> I didn't ask for it. <laughs> Actually, I would probably like be stopped at the border. Like, hey, are you trying to smuggle the switches? <laughs> like, so, how's it, how is it? It's it's pretty great. I mean, it's it's Mario Kart. It's awesome. I, I haven't played. I only played one multiplayer game. So, and by the way, this came out Thursday. So I I played it like two days now. And like single player, trying to get those sweet trophies in mm. coins. Um, but still, it's still a lot of fun. But I feel like Mario Kart is a multiplayer game. Yeah. No matter it what. It totally is. Like, it's like fighting games, you know? You're not going to play by yep. yourself some fighting. Yeah. This is, so I'm, I'm looking forward to actually having people with Switches. Can you play online? Play you can play online. Yep. Mm. yep. I haven't tried it. Uh, like, I, I wanted to practice a bit before, before being uh, like. Uh, destroyed by 12 year olds <laughs> online <laughs> oh wait but can you uh choose who, who you're playing online with uh, i'm gonna say yes like i, <laughs> I, I, I would say that's obvious oh, i really want to switch now <laughs> please do so i can play online uh, please get a switch i'm i'm so not gonna use it though that's the thing well if you get mario kart and zelda like you're good for like six months worth of video game goodness like you don't have to you know buy all of the games and play every day to justify the purchase i would say you know yeah hmm also it's we'll not see. that expensive how much you is know it? like compared to other consoles and right you know yeah we'll see i will let you know if i get do get one okay okay yeah because so i'm i've been buying follow. a lot of things lately um <laughs> Um, cause I, I'm moving, uh, this summer. So mm. like buying a bunch of new things, 
by the apartment. So, like, nice. I don't know if I want to do buy another big thing that I don't need. But, um, yeah, this is certainly <laughs> tempting. Uh, Mario Kart <laughs> is amazing. Like, and the Mario Kart Eight, I think, is really good too. Like, it just mm-hmm. has its own thing. Um, do you have friends with switches, like coworkers? Maybe? I have some people at work, and like. Everyone was making me feel bad for not having a Switch to play Mario Kart on it and like <laughs> playing in my face, and it was just horrible. Um, so yeah, I don't know what I'll end up doing, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, for whatever it's worth, you have my blessing. All right, <laughs> all right. Let's hear your recommendation. Okay, so my recommendation this week is Thirteen Reasons Why, um, and. Wow. If you remember, that is uh, one of the new shows uh, Nef- that Netflix came out with. It's one of the mm-hmm. Netflix originals. I kind of uh, got into it because I was uh, talking about it with uh, uh, Luca uh, at the meetup. Yes, I it was like, eavesdropping. Well, not really. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I noticed you were talking about that, and I tried to move away, stay away, because I didn't want to. Yeah, you know, so he kind of got me interested in it. And so the basically the gist of the story is it's in kind of this high school setting and basically the story starts and you learn that one of the students committed suicide and it's uh-huh. basically the girl committed suicide. Uh, is that a spoiler? No, it's okay. uh, honestly like it's in the the description of the show. Okay, like that's okay. the whole point of the show. Oh, okay. And like you don't even see it. Like you don't like you don't really know how it happened. It's it's just like a fact. Like this is the world as it is today. But basically what happens is she left these uh, 13 tapes. And the tapes are... <laughs> it's kind of funny because it's basically a podcast that she recorded uh, on, <laughs> on cassette tapes. Um, and basically explaining why she committed suicide. Can you give us one of the 13 reasons why? Well, it's... It, tends to be centered around people um, okay, okay. That's not at the school. So it's, uh, let me like just preface this by saying if you're feeling depressed or like not feeling great, do not watch this show. Ah, shit. Okay. But if you're feeling like you're in a good mood and everything, like then I do recommend this show. Like I'm, I've watched, I think 10 episodes so far. Out of the 13? Why, why would you... So it's like, if you're in a good mood, watch this because you're going to be depressed. Well, But if you're depressed, don't watch it because you don't want to be more depressed. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's a downer, it's, right? It is. But it also okay. really makes you think about a lot of things. I don't know. I, I just feel like it's... I haven't seen a lot of TV shows like look, look at that topic. And yeah, like it's just like made me think a lot about how people react like after death and like people sort of doubting like what happened stuff like that and like it also makes you think about like how you're living and like the the decisions that you're making and like are you making the most of your life right now and stuff like that so it's like it's kind of a downer show but it is really addictive and so it's pretty good like obviously like there's a lot of stuff that is like exaggerated and like it's it's a tv show right uh, so it's, it's yeah it's a tv show it's not for like purposes. real life but it is yeah an interesting topic and it makes you think a lot so uh interesting so 
my girlfriend watched it. She really enjoyed it. But she basically asked, hey, should I watch that? Is that good? And uh, I don't think it's your thing. So I don't know. Like I've been, I've been hearing a lot of people talk good things about it. Uh, I'm not sure if I if it's my type of show. Right. I'd say but, watch the first episode. You'll be able to know okay. at the first episode if you like it or not. Yeah. Okay. Because when I heard the description, I was like, ah, oh, that's not gonna be for me. I I don't know. I, like I don't think I want to watch this. So it's not that type of show. Oh, you have to watch it until episode six. No. Then no, you, it's, then it's definitely get- not. Like you'll get the gist <laughs> of it in the first episode. And, and yeah, like I kind of just downloaded it for for the plane. I was like, oh, I'll watch it. Mm. We'll see how it is. And I got really addicted. <laughs> downloaded all the show, all the episodes, and then like basically been watching it almost nonstop since. So, have you got around uh, leftovers? I haven't. Well, well, the TV show, not yeah. The it's just uh, yeah. <laughs> Dinner leftovers. Thirteen Reasons Why is just like easier for me to download because it's on Netflix. Uh, but right, it's still right, in my queue. It's probably the next gonna be the next tv okay. show i i watch anyway because episode two came out and it was it was super depressing <laughs> oh really yeah yeah but still good anyway okay so yeah that's it all right dude uh that's it for this week's episode uh if uh if you guys want to get into conversation and keep talking about whatever we're talking or suggest new topics or suggest new things to try. Uh, like you have, you can have your, your own recommendation segment. Hey, you can you can go to Spectrum. If you do not know what Spectrum is, listen to the latest episode, <laughs> the one before this one. Um, so you can go to Spectrum.chat/layout, right? Something or like that. Spec.fm/layout. Uh, I'll have to ask Brent. Uh, anyway, links in the show notes, and we're gonna have our own. Um, thing for this episode we're all there me and kevin we're there so you can do that you can also follow us on the twitters we are at layout fm uh we have our websites where you can uh, check uh, other episodes or sub- we have the link to subscribe in itunes or overcast or whatever uh, you can go layout.fm that's our websites <laughs> and i think we covered it is that it yeah i feel like we're getting worse at the <laughs> outros <laughs> It's fine. I think people will get the gist of it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about so you, but I always skip these parts in the, the shows that I listen to. I never mm-hmm. listen all the way to the end. Interesting. I, Interesting. I think people skip this. Let us okay. know if you're if you just skip <laughs> this or we're we're intending. If you to. are still listening, you are one in a million. So tweet at us yes. and you'll get a prize. <laughs> I'll have to figure out what that prize is, okay. but you. You probably will get one. <laughs> you get a prize. You get a prize. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Anyways. All right. I'll, I'll talk to you next week, man. Cool. This was fun. Bye. All right. Bye.